0: Welcome back to Derry Public Radio. Reporting from the basement of the Derry Civic Center, this is Benjamin Graham with the news. Tragedy has struck as newly birthed Derry Heights mega-mansion, Daisy Yellow, was brought to rubble in last night's severe weather stoning. Unaccustomed to our community's well-documented granite season, Mr. Sandoval could only watch as his home was brought to the ground in a hail of boulders. Unfortunately, his home insurance will not be paying out a settlement on this destruction, as it is well known that all homes in Maine require rock-proofing your roof for such a common occurrence. Sadly, we say goodbye to our new neighbor, as Mortimer Sandoval returns from whence he came. We wish him long days and pleasant nights. You're listening to Dairy Public Radio.
1: This is Dairy Public Radio. Welcome back to Dairy Public Radio, a bi-weekly Stephen King Book Club podcast. I'm one of your hosts, CM Alexander, alongside Joshua Kahn. Hey, everybody. And Benjamin Graham.
0: Hi there, constant readers.
1: And this week we are covering part three of Rose Red, the TV miniseries. Josh is leading us through the discussion.
2: Yes, the end of Rose Red. We have reached the final episode of this miniseries. Epic conclusion. This last episode To me, just jumping right to it was worth the things I did not like about the first two episodes. I think
0: personally, I completely agree with you. Uh, At the end of our last episode, I uh, made it a personal goal to be more positive about this uh, section. Didn't really need to because I think part three was actually kind of good.
1: I hated it. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, it got right into the action and it yeah, didn't stop.
2: <laughs> for sure. So we kick things off. We come back and we have Annie has found this dollhouse version of Rose Red that's like up on this mantle in her infinite wisdom, moves a chair over, climbs it, and stands fully on the back of this chair, trying to reach this dollhouse and grab it, which is one of the funniest scenes in this movie because of how obviously, like, pieced together that sequence is. Because there's a time where Steve and Rachel walk in the room, and she's, like, waving her arms frantically to the side, when she literally could just put her hands forward to stabilize herself. (laughs) But it's shot in all these different ways, and then she falls, and there's a super close-up on her, and then the chair and her hitting the ground at the same time.
0: And that was <laughs> really it, because I really expected her to just like fly or hover <laughs> or use her powers in some way. And so, she yeah, just she's flew autistic. earlier. <laughs> God. See him. Have a you have as little idea. Of what autism is as the child psychologist in this movie <laughs> who has no idea.
1: I definitely know what autism is because I work with kids who have it. Gotcha. I'm just making fun of the movie because it's like they confuse it, autism for telekinesis. The
2: yeah, whole time. it's... <laughs> they seem to use them interchangeably. Uh, yeah, that was fantastic. But
0: actually, you skipped past um, maybe my favorite part of the whole thing. Is, yeah the very opening of this third part almost feels like a completely different series because it's just these long, slow pans of the rooms of the house. They're empty and it looks desolate and they're really well shot. Uh, I would argue the set is the best part of this movie. That mansion of Rose Red is really cool. And it's just this voiceover talking over these long shots, and it felt menacing and, and just set a really cool tone for this third act, which leads to Emery. Emery, at the end of the last part, uh, had just got his fingers no, nope. no, no, that didn't happen. That happened soon. Ooh, spoilers. <laughs> uh, no, he had just seen something. Uh, oh, he had. Body. Yeah, yeah, he had just ran off. He'd gotten chased off.
1: Which leads to the coolest scene of him mm-hmm. looking down into like this abyss of just floor after floor after floor.
0: It
2: is a super house of leaves. Mm-hmm. It's so cool. No, you're right. I, here's the thing that I. That didn't make sense to me about that opening with all the rooms. When they go to the glass library, like the floor cracks, mm-hmm. and my thought was like, "Why is there damage happening to these places?" Rose Red's getting stronger, and that seemed weird.
1: And she's trying to build it. She she'll mm-hmm. keep telling characters, little female characters, "Help us build."
2: Yeah. So
1: she's destroying.
2: I wasn't sure. I mean, the shot was amazing. Yeah, I don't yeah, like, know. The it visuals just looked were cool, really cool. But I was just really confused as to the reasoning behind it when it happened. I, I guess I didn't think about it much. <laughs> I was just like, "Ooh, this is neat. <laughs> Ooh, that's a pretty shot." <laughs> yeah the the scenes with Emery running through and getting completely lost is is fantastic. When Annie is unconscious, the later uh, Emery describes it as a cramp loosening that when she goes unconscious the doors that were being held shut open like everything's relaxed the, the hold has been let go and the doctor opens the front door and she's like see guys it was just stuck <laughs> as though nothing weird has happened yeah, as
0: though they've been like trying to break all of the windows <laughs> and they they've been impervious to anything they can do
2: right it was ridiculous. Emery runs out because he sees his, his mom scoot about. Mama's a little scoot Mama's about. Mama's a little yes. scoot about. <laughs> we scoot about to ice cream. We scoot about to the movies.
1: That's literally dialogue. It is. It's that he so says.
2: good. It is. I love it. Some of the most Kingian yeah,
0: dialogue in this movie, sure. honestly. I love that. <laughs> it's so
2: cheesy. And it's just, that is
0: perfect King.
2: And when he's running out, he's searching for his mom, because he he sees it's her car, sees her purses in there, then he sees the car behind it and knows that it's uh, Professor Dean's car, and he runs out into the woods and doesn't find his mom, but he sure finds the the professor. Yeah. Big question mark. He uh,
0: runs into the woods. He just- it
2: is a wooded area.
0: Yes. We have seen aerial shots. Of the rose red property.
2: <laughs> yes. It
0: does not have woods attached to
2: it. <laughs> no, it does not. Right? It has
1: you're right. Yeah. It does not this like heavily this like dense area that you could get lost in.
2: Right. You feel I feel like he's running through the woods and we should be able to see streetlights. Yeah. They, he looks side. to the left and you just see the space
0: needle. Like, right. Yes.
2: <laughs> exactly. He he catches he finally catches the professor. And the professor is, like, freaked the fuck out and tells him to get the hell out of there and then takes off. Uh, And I think I'm not sure if this was Bollinger the first time he sees him or if the house is making Emery appear as Bollinger to the professor. I don't know. Because because you'd think that, you know, if when he saw if he saw another person, Mm -hmm. he would be like, oh, thank God, someone but if the house makes him think that that's the person he's running from, it gives him mm. cause to keep running.
1: Or maybe he thinks that everybody in that house is like Bollinger.
2: Oh, that's that's true. That So be. he doesn't
1: trust Emery.
2: But that ends up being the last we see of the professor for a while because he hides. And when he turns, Bollinger's right there and blows him to death is that is that we're supposed to put together from that yeah the way the shot is framed (laughs) is very it's from the
0: dean's perspective and uh bollinger just exiting that
2: it was it was such
0: a down frame
1: just coming at it
2: (laughs) it was so weird it took what definitely could have been a menacing moment and made us all go Wait, what? <laughs> That's a choice. And it's
1: not. So we all had that thought separately. So <laughs> it's definitely the way the sh- the shot is set up.
2: It's it's not us being weird. It's a little us being weird, <laughs> but not completely us being weird. So then we we go back into the house, and now this is they're bringing her or they're bringing Annie to, and I'm trying to remember. Steve sends Rachel off, but I don't remember how that sequence went exactly he
1: first sends her to get a lemon and water and then he sends her to get
2: because he's thirsty and he's gonna
1: joyce <laughs> because she's the closest thing there is to a doctor because she has a yeah. phd oh in is she psychology
2: <laughs> uh, yeah i would argue that no she is not <laughs> those but everybody gets back in the room and as annie starts coming to then like you you can mm-hmm. feel like the tension coming back and poor Emery has got one hand in the door and it's the front door swings shut and severs his four fingers on his left hand. Yeah,
1: when, she, when she wakes up, all of the doors and everything that were previously open just start closing in. And he doesn't know that. We all know that. And I keep thinking, mm-hmm. why doesn't he get his hand out of the door? But he doesn't know what's happening. That was a, a hard... Scene to watch.
2: That was (laughs) you do love that. It was just before that because like the spirits are trying to get him to stay. So bones and the movie star appear in front of him, and they're trying
1: to entice him. Yeah, they're trying to
2: seduce him when they're all skeletal and gross, and they're like (laughs) touching his chest. It could be so good for you here, and he says, "Ladies, I'm hard up, but not that hard up." (laughs) Way to to have some self esteem, Emery. Uh I Emery is a character that I the entire miniseries I kept going back and forth on. Do I love this character or do mm-hmm. I hate this character? He's
1: easy to love and hate. He's the underdog,
0: so you kinda wanna root for him because he's just this fucking nerd. <laughs> <laughs> Such a nerd. He the the actor playing him and I forget. Uh, I forget the actor's name. He played Lewis Carruthers in American Psycho. He's uh, Gavin Belson on Silicon Valley. Uh, He's great. He's a really funny, funny guy. But he has his face acting like a motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he is. He has this goofy, like, sneer through most of the movie.
2: He's a mouth breather. The he's entire a mouth movie. breather it's so
0: good. making this awful. So it's just like this huge mama's boy dork. Mm-hmm. But he has this moments of like, kind of like, fuck you ghosts. I'm not even that scared of you that you want to, then, then you go, oh, all right. Yeah. This guy. <laughs> but then he goes and like talks about how they should m- murder Annie, which seems a bit severe a se- to me.
1: Was he talking about killing her or just knocking her out?
0: A uh, little column A, little column B, I think. Well, I think. I don't think he had uh, <laughs> a preference. Yeah. Either one would have
2: worked for him. He it. was holding he, his newly wrapped hand with missing four fingers. <laughs> and so maybe he was not quite thinking super clearly. But uh, he's like, get some nail polish and have her like huff it. And mm-hmm. so he's like, we can make her pass out. And Rachel's like, that could kill her. And he's like, Cool. <laughs> Whatever gets the job done, I guess. But I mean, and then he's like talks about hitting her with a with a billiard ball, and it's like you hit her hard enough, she'll fall unconscious. But if you want to hit her even harder. Yeah. He's I like that he's like leaving it in your hands, like, haven't you always wished kind of wished she was dead? Do you mean if you Yeah We won't say anything if you want to go for it. I don't care. Just do something.
0: Yeah, he's such a bastard, but
2: it's it's self-serving survival instinct, mm-hmm. I think. Like he does not care how it happens. But I okay, so this so this scene they're all together and trying to figure out what to do next. This was like the opposite of the mist for me, where I'm so used to the fanatic character having a solution that involves hurting someone mm-hmm. that we as readers no, that is wrong. That's just somebody latching onto something to make themselves feel safe. And we root for everybody to see how terrible that idea is and how self-serving it is. In this scenario, it's exactly the opposite. It's a character that none of them really like, but he's the only one who's like, it's obvious how this works. Why are you not seeing this? If we knock her out, we can get
0: it's a repeat of the first episode where all of the characters that we are supposed to not like are pretty reasonable people, <laughs> <Yeah>, right?
1: <laughs> well, he's the only one coming up, coming up with ideas.
0: Yeah, uh, this uh, the whole thesis of this movie seems to be: don't think rationally. <laughs> <laughs> Thinking rationally is
2: lame, right? Yeah, problem solving's for suckers. <laughs> <laughs> we should just write it out and see what happens. So, uh, moving on, there's,
0: there's a scene, all this is happening, they're, like, bandaging, uh, Emery's hand or whatever, and, uh, the doc goes out, uh, goes over and is talking with Annie, who's staring up at this dollhouse that's up on this high shelf that she ate shit trying to get. (laughs) And the doc starts to take a turn. I, I think... It was CM that called this in episode one (laughs) that she comes over and she's like, hey, Annie, so uh, you've been doing all this, right? You're holding the door shut and whatnot. Good work. like
2: Fucking A, man.
0: Great. You're doing great. Uh, That's what the house wants. You should listen to the house. Uh, Hurt people. I know a few people have died, but I have a goal that's ill-defined. So...
1: (laughs) A goal that has been met again and again and <laughs>
2: yeah. again. That was met within hour one of day one,
0: and oh yeah.
2: And so she
0: says, you know, keep it up, and if you can, if you can get this place really bumping, I'll I'll bring that dollhouse down, and
2: hell, I'll play with it with you.
0: Mm-hmm. Play with yeah,
2: yeah words, which seems like. Like, Annie's like, yeah, give me that fucking dollhouse, but <laughs> I want to play with it by myself. <laughs> she doesn't want any part of that. Here's where we kind of take a turn, also, is once once she has acquired the dollhouse, there's a scene where Annie's playing with it, and it's just her and the doc, and then Steve walks in and is psychic, question mark?
1: Yeah, the house is bringing out or amplifying all of their powers. And I think Joyce explains, or maybe the other guy, the tall guy, through Joyce. Nick Nick explains that, you know, hey, you used to know that everybody has some amount of psychic abilities in them.
0: Yeah, I wrote that down. Everyone has some psychic ability. You used to
2: know that. <laughs> what? <laughs> Where did that come from? She forgot in her pursuit of psychic fame. Yeah, Which was you, also what he followed that up with. You
0: forgot in your adoration of psychic superstars. <laughs> he calls them all psychic. I, has there been anything in this to indicate that any of these people are famous?
1: The world that Rose Red takes place in must be much kinder to people with (sighs) quote-unquote psychic abilities than we are. I fucking guess. Maybe they are kind of superstars. Or maybe it's, I don't know. Well,
0: they could have shown like a scene or even when she was like looking through all those papers with their headshots on Sure. Them. Well, like plenty of like, shown, have done that. Oh, like, look, it's Nick What's-His-Face. He's a real, wh- what's the guy's name? Ed-
2: Edward Snowden. Edward James you know. Almost. What? <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: Who am I thinking of? John oh, Edwards? John Edwards. He's a real John Edwards type. He goes on TV and he's like literally sure. a, But literally just out of nowhere, he's like, Oh, you're just a psychic star fucker. Like, <laughs> what are you talking about
2: there could it was like in a, like a suicide squad esque montage would have done that throwing the files down and then it cuts to that person doing something that they do in their He certainly
1: for. had enough time but right?
2: yeah but it, was he saying that that group are the superstars or that she is in pursuit uh... of Superstars well, That
1: makes more sense That would make
0: a lot more sense So mm-hmm. Because
2: she's, it's well ahead. documented her obsess- obsession with Annie Who is if a psychic superstar exists She's the mm. one who <laughs> okay. would be the most famous That would make a
0: lot more sense And she'd be the easiest to exploit in writing a book
2: Because she can't
0: take care of herself Yeah.
2: Ugh, God I just hate her so much She's insufferable from the start and she just gets more self-serving mm-hmm. and uh, worse. And her her addiction to getting her truth takes her over the edge.
0: Which is why maybe I like the third part the best, is she's finally, the, the movie's finally admitting that she's the villain.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. I think that revealing her kind of no-holds-barred attitude towards this, that, that simple line of, this is what the house wants you to do, keep it up just that simple turn is enough to let all of us know there is no redemption here like this is a person she has turned to this corner and we're and she's not coming Mm -hmm. back and then we get all of that stuff with nick reading her mind basically and kind of filling all of us in on the stuff that the doc would never have voluntarily
1: which i liked yes i thought that was really cool the way they brought that out you He's thought it was him. really
2: cool when the movie about psychics used their psychic powers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because so little of them. So, like, there's so little psychic effort used through mm-hmm. most of this.
1: I think the most we've seen anyone do anything except for maybe Annie is Emery, right?
2: Yeah, mostly mm-hmm. Emery. He's the one who we see mostly his stuff. Emmers. <laughs> Emer- my little Emmy Emmers. <laughs> I have a bit in my notes
0: here that I don't even remember where this falls. Okay. But there is a moment when I think they're all together. They're all sitting together and uh, they've agreed that they don't—they need to not split up because uh, night's fallen at this point, I think.
1: Mm. And then they immediately split up.
0: And then they immediately split <laughs> up. But there's this moment where they're talking about Steve and his newly discovered powers or whatever. Right. And Steve has the rest of the flashback. Uh, this flashback that we have seen bits of of him as a child in this house and seeing this woman in a white dress, uh, this ghostly woman in a white dress. We we see the rest of this flashback and it's him and he sees this woman. She has a disgusting rotting face and a, a fan, which she she fans across her face and then she's young and beautiful and it's the <laughs> ghost of oh, well you
1: no know what so I mean. I'm. I'm imagining her holding just a, like a box fan. <laughs> Sorry.
0: Yeah, she's holding a box fan. And she holds it up to her face. She talks into it. It to... sounds all silly. <laughs> anyway, uh, so it's this woman, she has a disgusting face. And it's the ghost of uh, Eleanor. Ellen. <laughs> Ellen. Eleanor. Is it Eleanor or Eleanor? Both. Is it? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> and she hands him a hammer yeah, yeah.
1: Rick, go she wants her. him to she wants him to help her build
0: she hands it to him and says help me build go back to your mother but come back to me and this flashback ends and it's the present and Steve looks at everyone and goes that was a false memory the house planted it what? huh you, what
1: <laughs> what was he uh, projecting that memory yeah. <laughs> for everyone to see <laughs> Like, how How he do they know in- what he's talking about?
2: <laughs> I hope to God he was sitting in silence for that whole time. <laughs> that was my first
0: question. Was everyone else was like, what? You have I, to t- talk to us. I when assume you're...
1: he was talking to Nick, who was reading his memory.
0: That, sure. Sure, why not? But My second question is, why would that be... His first immediate reaction,
1: <laughs> because to, I, I think no,
0: that's not
2: real.
1: I think he doesn't want to feel any responsibility in this situation. He doesn't want to feel like something about him is causing any of this to happen.
2: Re- okay, yeah, that makes sense. Because uh, it's right after that we find one one important thing and one not so important thing. <laughs> the not so the uh, not so important thing is that. Bollinger, who I thought was dead this whole time and was just being a ghost, was not. He just, at some point after he killed the Dean, he hanged himself in the library. And they don't see him, but Nick and Emery both sense that he's there and that's Mm -hmm. what he's done. And they confirm, yes, this is, Annie is the one who is keeping everything shut and that the house was never in a dead dead state like she said it was that it had always been dormant and bringing everybody there had awakened it which is information we all knew but the important thing is that while annie is being kind of like the psychic powerhouse that steve is a catalyst basically multiplying her power because he is direct blood
1: Maybe that's why he and Annie have such hot chemistry together.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yep. God, I hope that's why the power of the house is drawing them closer because the closer they are, the stronger the power is. And the
0: ghost wants an heir. Oh, God.
2: Yep. The offspring
0: of the catalyst and the most powerful psychic of all time will... B Professor Charles Xavier
2: <laughs> leader of the X-Men. Oh, you cracked this thing wide open, Ben.
0: Rose Red, X-Men prequel. So they all have these various
2: revelations
0: of varying importance.
2: Well, the important thing is that now everyone knows Joyce is the villain. Right. Like, that is the moment we get everybody's now on the same page of what she wagered all their lives against, knowing full well what could happen.
0: Yeah. And um, our automatic writer, the uh, the older woman, what's her name? Kathy. Kathy uh, reacts to this by wandering
1: off on her own. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, she goes to the kitchen to get a drink.
2: <laughs> yeah. Which, uh, th- I mean, that seemed really in line with her character.
1: Oh, because she said that, that tense... she would take God with her.
2: Oh, yeah, she didn't go alone because God was with her. She took God with her wherever she went.
1: I don't think God came based on what happened.
2: Um, No, Nick did.
1: (laughs) Oh, Nick.
0: (laughs) Yeah, uh, she goes off to the kitchen and uh, is, of course, immediately attacked, but not by a ghost. No.
1: By Emery's mom, who starts choking her out. So she's... Choking her out, and Nick shows up, and he just throws a a cue ball right at her head and knocks her out.
0: And it is as hilarious as that
1: sounds. (laughs) And then they hogtie her. So leave her. Yeah, so they're talking about what to do with her, and as they're having this conversation... She looks up and she sees um, Eleanor and Susie Q. <laughs> They're ghosts. Susie They're standing Q? in the doorway. Suzy Q? Sukina. Sukina. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> it works. <It's>
2: like- <laughs> yep. In yeah. death, you get a nickname.
1: And, but <laughs> she can't articulate what's going on. It's like she's had such a bad fright. Or yeah. he knocked something loose in her brain and affected <laughs> her language.
0: The noises that throughout this entire scene, like Kathy and Nick are just standing in the kitchen, like talking about what they should do. And the entire scene, Emery's mom is on the floor going.
2: <laughs> and, and what is very obviously adr <laughs> yeah.
1: very
2: clearly intentional sound put there because it sounds so different than everything else that's happening in that scene so that was a choice
1: so they leave her and of course as soon as they walk away she gets dragged into the into the wine pantry closet. By, yeah. yeah by the ghost
0: in a shot that was Legit spooky. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty cool. That was a really good the, shot. The ghost makeup, and like when you see the ghosts and they're all skeletal and decrepit, like pretty good. Mm-hmm. This
2: third part had some good scares that, I, like, I was surprised that they actually got me a couple times. I
1: can't, Was that the moment when Emery's mom pops out that you and I, Josh, both screamed? Yes. <laughs> okay. Yep.
2: <laughs> because she just died, like, her voice is like ah, just <laughs> <She was>, like <laughs> attacks. It was super creepy. But that's also just before that is when Kathy's panning her flashlight around from the kitchen into the greenhouse, and there's she brushes right past Zucchina and her all her like skeletal scariness, and like doesn't notice. But we as the audience notice yeah. it, and so it was so cool. subtle and so, <laughs> so creepy. Cool. Yeah, I really really liked that. So as Nick and Kathy, their plan is to go back to the the main area and get back with everybody else. But we're in Rose Red. You can't just go back the way you came. They end up getting lost and they find themselves back in the perspective hallway. And well, after Nick kind of puts the moves on Kathy, because that's Nick's got all the charisma in the world, man. He
1: does. He has charisma with everybody. He does.
2: <laughs> and they get back to the perspective hallway and then the the creature under the carpet that. Kathy saw then her night of sleeping starts coming down the hallway, but it is big, getting bigger and bigger as it goes. And they take off running and they finally get to a door and Nick opens it and shoves Cassie through or Kathy through and then shuts it. And then he turns and we see that it has risen from a shape under the carpet into a person and, like, this skeletal monster, who I believe is Tsukina.
1: And it, it has fangs. It it's has, vampire. Like vampire
2: fangs. Mm-hmm. Uh, attacks him, and that's when we lose Nick.
1: Could he have gone through the door with Kathy? I mean... Yep. <laughs> <laughs> there was no rug connecting. I nope. don't know.
2: That, yeah, I thought that was... Uh, you know. Well, I mean, a self-sacrifice is just a horror trope. Like, it is just something that happens, mm-hmm. and we're so used to seeing it that it's like, yeah, I get that. <laughs> And like maybe he thought he could fend off what was ever after them, but ma- like moments later, like Kathy reopens the door and there's no shape, there's no nothing, just Nick's flashlight sitting yeah. on the floor. Oh man, it's so creepy. I think that's that's when she goes into the the library.
1: Yeah. yeah. Oh my god, that scene is one of my favorites. So she goes into the library and she's she's walking through and she sees in the reflection on the floor first. Bollinger's body, and he's hanging from the the light fixture above, and he has a a sign on him, like a piece of paper, and in marker it says, Mommy, I'm so scared.
0: Yeah. Another just super Kenyan touch.
1: And so she screams, and she turns around to leave, and as she's trying to, to walk away, the floor turns to like water, but it doesn't look like water, it looks like the the glass has just become pliable and she's sinking through it. And I think Ben, you were reading about what effect that was. Cause it looked really, it really looked
2: cool. So good. It's
0: super good. It looks like she's, you know, being matrixed into the floor.
2: Mm-hmm. I was thinking Mario 64. <laughs>
0: same, same difference. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, and it's a super, super good effect. And uh, at least according to IMDb, it's not a special effect. It was done using just water and a plexiglass
1: uh like ramp
2: going mm-hmm. down into the water that she just walked into.
1: Practical effects kill it every time. Yeah,
2: when they work, they are so good.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Very cool. But after Kathy, it, she escapes the the melty mirror room, which uh, surprised me a little. Uh, yeah, me too. But she she runs out and she ends up in, I believe, the tower, right? Was that yeah, where she it, was?
2: Yeah, they had, like the attic
1: tower. Where um, John had fallen out of the window to his death.
0: In, in the first episode, the, the rumors had said it was either uh, suicide or ghosts. <laughs> uh, as they said in the first episode. One or the other, no one knew. Equally plausible. Uh, but she gets up there and she finds this portrait of... Uh, John, and Ellen. And as she's looking in it, at it, her eyes roll back in her head, and she reaches out, and for the first time in the fucking movie, <laughs> starts writing. And we see a flashback.
1: So in this flashback, we see John and Susie Q, and they're in front of that window, and they are hot and heavy. And as they're making out, Eleanor is coming up the stairs, and I, I was kind of I kept going back and forth as the scene was playing out because Eleanor basically catches them. And at first, I thought, oh, her best friend betrayed her. And then I was like, no, they set him up. And then I was like, no, she betrayed her. They set him up. Oh, yeah. so yeah, she they both together, they push him out of the window and and it, the scene ends on them holding hands. But when we cut back to Kathy, she walks away. and in that picture that she'd been writing in the dust on, she wrote, so she uh, basically. No, no suicide. suicide. Yeah. Murder. murder. Ellen murder. Yeah. And she is out. She is gone. She's no longer in that picture. It's just him.
2: Yeah. The glass shatters and her arms reach out of it and come out after her. And that was
1: spooky shit.
2: <laughs> I loved it. So Kathy's running in the attic trying to hide. Meanwhile, uh, Steve and Rachel have left to go search. a Search for her and Nick. And they they all meet in the attic and they're by that window and Kathy is about to get attacked by one of these skeletal fanged monsters and Steve tackles it,
1: I guess. (laughs) Yeah, just literally he tackles it. He just dive
2: tackles uh, a ghost Mm -hmm. (laughs) and they're like, we got Ellen. (laughs) (laughs) And roll the body over and they see the withered arm. So they immediately know. This is this is April and the weird light comes out of her skeletal face and then the body disintegrates.
1: So all you have to do is tackle the ghosts and they disappear.
2: Maybe it's maybe if Steve does it because he's blood, he, he can <laughs> affect sure. the ghost of his family. Sure, Like what a weird, like loose thread to throw at the end of the third a act.
1: Very anticlimactic death. He's uh,
0: maybe he's half ghost. Like Maybe uh, he's, he's
1: blade, he's blade,
0: but for ghosts. For Ghosts. <laughs> yeah, he's the ghost walker. Yeah, no night day day ghoster, day ghoster. Yeah, I don't know. I'm <laughs> guys, just a real quick check in. We've been in the studio for six hours. Yeah. My brain does not work. Out <laughs>
2: that, so. A lot just, of podcasting today.
0: Who just wanted everyone to everyone to know that. <laughs> to clock in. To to excuse
2: Day Ghoster. <laughs> hey,
1: you know what? Nothing you can say will be less off than I was in our first episode.
2: <laughs> that is kind of fair. <laughs> now the the group reunites. Annie is sitting on the floor in front of the fireplace playing with the dollhouse now. And there's, like, a lot of commotion going on. In that commotion, Emery grabs a fire poker and starts sneaking up on Annie like he's gonna kill her. And what happens next is so weird and out of place, <laughs> but I loved the sequence. Annie animates a suit of armor and makes the suit of armor defend her.
1: <laughs> like That's it's so lazy. <laughs> it's,
2: like I, I, I would buy suits of armor just to have around me if I knew I had the power to animate oh, them yeah. to my defense.
0: Yeah. It's uh, Castlevania and shit. Hell That's yeah, really cool. But you, you skipped past this one part that uh, right before this, Steve and Kathy and whoever else was with their group after they've tackled a ghost to death. Um, <laughs> They they come back and they rejoin the rest of the group and uh, they they tell everyone about what has happened, what they've discovered yeah. that that um, Ellen murdered John and that she's the one, she's here and she's sucking the light. They they say she's a vampire.
1: Well, kind of because I was it the last episode I theorized that the house is. Getting its life back Yeah, yeah.
0: it's it's like, yeah, a psychic vampire. Yeah.
1: yeah. And but with actual fangs for some reason. <laughs> yeah. Sure.
0: Because why not? Uh but they tell all of this, and the doc's reaction is you don't expect me to believe <laughs> that your great great grandma is a ghost. <laughs> You don't expect me to believe that.
1: Isn't that why she's there?
0: It is literally the only reason (laughs) any of them are there. (laughs) Yep. And I have never been more angry.
2: (laughs) What does this woman want? She wants to be the one that gets the proof. Like, if Mm -hmm. it's not her discovery, she does not acknowledge anything. If she was not there and a part of it disregards anything that happens yeah
1: if they had made it her idea she'd probably been like yeah man guess what i figured it out your great grandma's a ghost
2: (laughs) they just have to casually just talk around her dropping all the clues Mm -hmm. until she finally is like guys (laughs) strap in because i've got an earth shattering revelation (laughs) and then they're like oh that's amazing can we get the fuck out of here
0: (laughs) so yeah they uh uh everything goes nuts uh, the wind explodes. Yep. And Emery isn't murdered by a no. suit of armor.
2: Uh, like I really expected She it
1: to just be. uses it to make a very clear point. Yeah. So
2: point taken. That was super cool though. Like it, it, he falls to the ground. The halberd comes down like right in front of him. And then he turns and looks up at it. And it just falls apart. Like all of the pieces fall apart mm-hmm. like on him and next to him. And I was like. And like then it cuts to Annie's face, and she's like, "Try me again, motherfucker." <laughs> <laughs> so now we get to uh, to the escape. Will they? They have.
1: Okay, I feel like I kind of missed this a little bit. They were. Same. When was it? When they were talking about how Annie's not really with them? She's like in her mind. She's in this tower, like a princess.
2: That never. I didn't make any note about it because I never understood where it, it was
0: happening. It was, yeah. Uh, they just,
2: it was autism. They
0: say I, a the bunch towel. of, I do not think I enjoy that word being a buzzword. <laughs> no, um, no, me
2: either. Yeah. I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it just did, do it not get, this. did not make any sense. But
1: to it, me. it, it stuck out to me because Steve seemed like her prince in a weird way. I don't like it. It's I, gross, I don't even know
0: what that means. Because he's, he's the only one movie. who can
1: reach her in her tower. They're having their like psychic talk. and Yeah, because he's
0: he's psychic, but only in as much as he can talk to Annie. Mm-hmm. Only
2: in a way he can tell Annie to do stuff like that's that's all he uses that power for is so they decide they're going to try to use Kathy's automatic writing now that that's finally become the superpower to save the day.
0: Also a thing that I was like, wait, how did we jump to this? How did, because they turn to Kathy and they, I think one of them goes, well, it's all up to you now. Or like, it, yeah. you're the last
2: one. not like, wasn't wait. Guys, what? what? Fuck us.
1: What? How did
2: we not see from the start that the writer was going to save the day <laughs> in a Stephen oh. King story? Should have known. That's on us. That is on us. <laughs> <laughs> it's all so clear and now. And I thought she
1: was going to be the first one to die. Totally.
2: I did not think she was going to make it to the no, end. No, it was Bones. Yeah, but Bones was first to go down. They so the it, all the weight's been put on Kathy to save the day and their master plan is to use Kathy's automatic writing to connect with Annie, but Steve has to also connect <laughs> To Annie to connect the bridge I, to Kathy, so that the and and Jesus, oh God, and I then, don't fucking know, man. And then Annie has the automatic right too, so that well, there's like a bridge connecting all three of them.
0: I saw the movie and <laughs> I recognize the stuff you're saying as events from the movie, but
2: but that
0: is. 100% gibberish.
2: Like <laughs> uh, That is the best explanation I have for this.
0: CM, help. <laughs> CM, help. <laughs> 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 Explain the movie.
1: <laughs> uh, make it, it goes, all make sense, CM. I'm scared. It goes CM. back to I'm what scared. I was saying. Steve is the, the prince coming to rescue Annie. <laughs> He's the one building that bridge so that Kathy can cross it and connect to Annie and help her by... by you know we mentioned earlier Annie's like a, a rogue from X-Men she can take other people's powers i think i'm yeah, embellishing kind of. a little bit but <laughs> yeah yeah so she's she's sort of teaching her on the spot how to do automatic writing yeah i can't make it make more sense than that
2: but when they cuz only Annie can open the doors but mm-hmm. Annie doesn't the house doesn't want Annie to and it is i feel like it's put it's so far In Annie that she that's why it's like she's in the tower she's she's not fully in control of her own ability yeah
1: they can't communicate with her normally using words or saying hey Annie you're holding the doors closed we need you to open them they have to do it through this kind of convoluted way
2: right so they do the automatic writing and once they're in sync Kathy starts writing open the doors open the doors finally every door in the house just flies open then she says open the windows all of the wine breaks. I
1: was going <laughs> to say, when does she write, open all the wine?
2: <laughs> she, we miss the part where she's like, let's rage. And she pops all the corks. <laughs> open the windows. All the windows shatter. And they are finally able to get free. And they, all, they get up. They get together and run out. But the doc wants no part of it. She slaps and punches Steve yeah. in the face. She
0: tries to murder Annie with a screwdriver.
2: Yeah, that was fucking weird. I forgot about that just now. Too, yeah. Just because she opened the doors and it was done and they could leave. Well,
1: and to Steve's credit, he tried way harder than I would have to yeah. get her out of there. <laughs> I'd have been like, oh, you don't want to no, know, you were good. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you asked twice.
2: She, she's just gone completely bonkers at that point. Mm-hmm. There's There's nothing left for her. So they, she goes back to the psychology equipment because mm-hmm. she's going to use the psychology equipment to, she's ghost. Gonna to ghost. She's going to count the bodies. Yeah. And everybody else leaves.
1: Well, and- they're trying to. Oh, yeah.
2: They try to. And as Emery and Kathy get to the mirror like that's next to the front door surprise Emery mom leaps out of the mirror and grabs him, starts pulling him in. And starts yelling at him for jerking it.
1: (laughs) That was very Stephen King. That was. (laughs)
2: It it
0: unfortunately is. But what
1: was cool was that uh, he's yelling for Kathy to help him. And she's like, for once in your miserable life, you know, stand up for yourself. And so his final act with his mother is to stand up to her and he gets free.
2: Yeah, I I loved the, that was such a brief moment, but I loved the escalation. She grabs his hand that has the finger severed and says, are you cleaning under your nails? Yeah. And like, it's so dark. And then obviously ends with her saying that he's jerking off. (laughs) So uncomfortable. (laughs) But yeah, and then uh, then I think we all thought he was going to lose his forearm in the mirror because his arm goes back in Mm -hmm. just, and then Steve pulls him out. I'm honestly shocked he... Doesn't die. He yeah. sees, like, he exactly a the blood. kind of character
0: <laughs> that would be killed in a, like, pretty satisfying
1: manner. Yeah. Because well, no. he's built
0: up as this, like, huge creep.
1: And there are a lot of characters who survive this mm-hmm. at That's the end. So more, surprised. Way more I thought it was going like to be, like, down two. to... Yeah, two or three. Mm-hmm. I figured the sisters and one other person.
0: Uh, But, no, they, they get away and... As the it's the the final stretch, and there's one last encounter with Ellen, uh, who appears and she's skeletal and gaunt. <laughs> she fucking tries to give Steve that hammer again. <laughs> the big emotional climax of the movie is holding is holding out a hammer to
2: this dingus. Like
1: I, he takes it.
2: Oh, he does. He does. And then whips it into her torso. And
1: that's what destroys her. <laughs>
2: you, go, you can kill a ghost by tackling and hammers. by hammer throws. And Ghosts are
1: just people. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that came out. That's, that's,
2: that's true. That's the <laughs> moral of the story. Yep. yep. I think that's uh, right. I think that's well, factually tackling accurate.
0: hammers, and as they run out the door... Uh, and stand in the yard, we discover also really big rocks.
1: Yes!
2: Bringing the story full circle.
1: Annie makes it rain. Rocks.
2: Yeah. (laughs) like she She, instead of... The first time we saw it, it was in a drawing of a picture. This time, she used her dominoes and sent them flying through the dollhouse. And as all these stones are coming down and they're crushing everything, it shows that we get back inside with the dock. And it's like... Uh, Something clicks and she realizes, oh, fuck, I need to not be here (laughs) anymore. I'm out. And as soon as she goes to leave, the door slams shut again. A table blocks the door. And then Emery's mom, Nick, Bones, Vic, uh, the the Dean, Bollinger, Sukina, and for some reason, the movie star actress, <laughs> <laughs> show up
1: but not the gay cowboy
2: the gay cowboy was well, never a ghost The gay
1: cowboy was never a ghost
2: no. come on
1: i was gonna say because she only collects women but that's not that's true because vick and, and and Pastor she were there. tried to get steve, steve to well steve is blood so trope. huh yeah
2: it was very weird but they all they they do that horror trope of moving in and surrounding her. So slowly. So Very slowly. So and then the aerial shot, away. the <laughs> the shot above where she looks up at the camera and is like, no! <laughs> and this, I hate this scene in any horror movie where it, all like they're being surrounded. The camera cuts to a weird POV and then all of the actors around just put their hands mm-hmm. over the lens. Yeah. And I always imagined... Like, I remember that kind of shot used to being like like just like freak me out, like, oh god, what a way to go. And then now I imagine it as a slap fight where they're all like reaching and they're trying they're trying to be the one who gets through, and it just seems silly to me now. Cause it's just so dumb. Like, what did they do? Just like claw at her a bunch? Cause that's not how they killed anybody. They
0: all put their hands on the top of her head and push down until Oh
1: my god. They ben.
0: mush her into the floor. <laughs>
1: <laughs> ah, yep. Okay, all right. never mind. <laughs>
2: I see the look on your face, E.M., and I approve.
1: Oh, it was—it was. It was, it, was um,
2: it was the motion.
1: It, it was the motion that the listeners can't see that Ben was making. That <laughs> the <laughs> visual medium scared me. <laughs> <this> podcast. <laughs> I I assumed that they ripped her to shreds.
2: Yeah, it's something like that. It just seems so. It's so much more gruesome than any death we've seen, and they don't seem to kind of kill that way.
1: Yeah, no, they ripped her to death.
2: <laughs>
1: so, that's so serious.
0: <laughs> oh, that's great.
2: Uh six months later, we are back at Rose Red. All of our survivors are back together, and there's boarded up windows and a sign for the condominiums coming soon, uh sitting there and they're about to start bulldozing. And they all show up and they each have a rose. And for some reason, we find out that roses mean remember. Not true. I've never (laughs) known that to be a thing that's true. But apparently in this world, that roses mean remember. And they, they one by one, they, and I thought that was, it was a really good moment for Emery. Because when Annie gets her rose and starts going off, he says, I'll watch her and goes with her. When earlier he makes it as like a, oh, leave her with me. I'll watch her. Knowing that he was going to kill her, so I thought mm-hmm. that was a nice like to bring that back around. Yeah, he's like gotten his—he's alive now, and he's like mm-hmm. gotten his shit together. And they place their roses, and they—they they kind of resolve the story. And as we pull away, we see in that tower the ghosts of Ellen Rimbauer, Sukina, and the Doc,
0: and Anakin Skywalker,
2: <laughs> <laughs> looking played over, by Hayden Christensen, yeah, looking over
0: Luke. And all the Ewoks. The end.
2: Yeah, and then they, they, yeah, they all vanish one by one, leaving Joyce. I love how annoyed Joyce looks. <laughs>
1: she does perfect. I thought she looks so, too. so
2: pissed <laughs> off to be a ghost. Look
1: scared or at peace or any normal ghost thing. She just looks like she got an her asshole. proof. She I still mean, looks like an. She asshole. got her
2: proof though, but not the way she wanted it. <laughs> I I like to imagine if you
0: get like horror movies are scary because you're alive and you don't want to die. But once you die and become a ghost, you're like, well, well, fucking what now? And now I can just imagine that she's just like in the house, grumpily, like sitting in a corner with her arms crossed. And all the other ghosts are like, oh, hi. And she's (laughs) like, yeah, whatever.
2: (laughs) The only ghost you can be friends with is Emery's mom. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's her eternity is doomed to be friends (laughs) with Emery's mom.
0: Oh, man. So that's that's the end, guys. Yeah.
2: Um. You guys ready to do some ratings?
0: Oh, it's going to be a tough yeah. one. Yeah, I it think. is. Uh, uh, who wants to start?
2: I'll go first. Okie doke. Uh, so I have the we, we all talked about this in episode one. This is the first time we've all seen it basically since it came out. It lagged a lot in the middle and a lot in the mm-hmm. second act. I think I would have loved this movie If it was a like two hour, two and a half hour movie and didn't have to be constructed the way it was, because I feel like the third episode was really awesome and the first episode was really cool. And if we could have just kind of paced it, it would have been awesome. But I enjoyed our time watching it and it was for all the ups and downs. I'm going to say it's right in the middle of the road and I'm going to give it three blue chambray shirts out of five.
0: That's fair. I agree with that a lot. It is not the best. It's not my favorite by a long shot. It drags. When it drags, it drags. When it drags, it's like outright boring. (laughs) But there's enough interesting stuff in the first episode and the third episode that I think it is overall worth it. Uh, at least if you're sitting around watching it with your friends, if you have someone to goof on it with, I would recommend it. And if you're watching it alone, maybe, maybe choose something better. Yeah. Uh, but I, I guess for lack of a better rating, I give it a three out of five. It's just so it's perfectly middle of the road. It's not bad enough to be bad. It's not good enough to be good. That makes sense. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I particularly enjoyed the stuff about, like, the history on the house, and I thought it was cool that the house, it had this aspect of, like, needing people and needing their life force or their energy to sort of rebuild itself, and the ghost, like, all she wanted to do was just build the house and come build with me and collecting people to help her. I also really enjoyed the parts with the psychics in the third part when they all started to work together and use their powers, and it was really awesome. Um, I agree with you guys. The second part was kind of really hard to get through. I didn't hate it by any means. Um, It's not my favorite. I don't know if I'd watch it again. It'd certainly be a couple of years before I could come back to it. So I would also give it a three out of five blue chambray shirts. That's it for this episode of Dairy Public Radio. Join us next time where we will be covering the book Firestarter, and we will be reading through the chapter in the box. For Joshua Kahn, Benjamin Graham, I'm CM Alexander, Reminding you that we say haunted, but what we mean is the house has gone insane. Hey everyone, CM Alexander here. Thanks for listening to Rose Red Part 3. This episode is brought to you by our good friends, Online Warriors Podcast a weekly podcast of three delightful co-hosts who talk all the nerdy stuff you could possibly want. Movies, gaming, technology, entertainment. Go check them out. You won't be disappointed. They release an episode every Wednesday and you can listen to them anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can also check them out at onlinewarriorspodcast.com. I feel like we really came around for that final episode. We'd love to know how many blue chambray shirts you'd rate, Rose red. Let us know on social media at Dairy Public Radio or send us an email at dairypublicradio at gmail.com. Get your Stephen King fix on our website, constantreaders.org, and visit our Patreon for bonus episodes each month. That's all for now, listeners. Goodbye.